YouTube is cleansing the site, they proclaim. They say, oh, they've concentrated on it, folks. They've concentrated on cleansing the site of unworthy characters like Donald Trump and contaminated ideas like the ones that you espouse. And 60 Minutes did a big special on it with the incomparable Leslie Stalin. I mean, that woman's a talent if I've ever seen one. Almost as remarkable as Susan Wojcicki, the CEO of YouTube, who has, who has taken it upon herself to tame the hate from you and to tame the hate from Donald Trump ads and handle the chaos. Your views need to be tamed. You're an extremist and you need to tame yourself. Taming the hate and handling the chaos. Yeah, how about a nice glass of shut the hell up? removing content that violates our policies. Um, we removed, just in the last quarter, nine million videos. You recently tightened your policy on hate speech. Mm -hmm. Why'd you wait so long? Mm, well, you know, we, did, we have had hate policies since the very beginning of YouTube. Um, but pretty we, ineffective. What we really had to do was we had to tighten our enforcement of that to make sure that we were, uh, that we were catching everything. Yeah, nine million videos, nine million videos. You hear that? Nine million videos gone. We'll get into how exactly they catch all that evil hate speech known as, uh, as conservatism in a second. But first, we've got a message from Unsa Spansa, who is NetSuite. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. It's that simple. And that's what NetSuite by Oracle has set out to solve. Why do so many businesses fail? Well, they fail because they don't have clear pictures of their finances. I mean, are you really confident you've got the right numbers at your fingertips when you've got this hodgepodge of systems? Because let me tell you, I've been in situations where you've got like a million different systems and you have no idea where everything is because you've got one system for accounting, you've got one system for sales, you've got one for inventory, you've got one for the workflow, you've got another for HR, it's a mess. And you nor I have time to deal with all of that and I guarantee you, your business will suffer if you're working with all those systems. If you're serious about your business, use what serious entrepreneurs and finance teams use, which is NetSuite. It's the world's number one cloud business system. It offers you a full picture, all your finances, all in one place, in real time, right from your phone or your desktop. So no more guessing, no more worrying that you, you might not know if you could kill your company just in a hot second because of the mess that you have. So NetSuite customers, in fact, they grow three times faster than the S&P 500, and you can too. Schedule your free demo right now and receive their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash WHB. Go there now, set up your free demo, and get your free guide today at netsuite.com slash WHB. That is netsuite.com slash WHB. So political censorship, still happening out there, folks. Still happening, still a huge issue, whether you like it or not, whether the left likes it or not, and believe me, the left adores it. Censorship is the book burning of the 21st century, and CEOs like Susan Wojcicki are at the helm of it. We use a combination of people and machines. So Google as a whole has about 10,000 people that are focused on controversial content. I'm told that it is very stressful mm -hmm. to be looking at these questionable videos all the time and that there's actually counselors to make sure that there aren't mental problems for the mm -hmm. people who are doing this work. 
Oh no, mental problems. They have to sit and watch videos with controversial opinions and ideas, and they may not even be liberal ones. And how dare you subject your workers to ideas that you don't agree with? <laughs> I mean, they've got, they've got 10,000 people who sit there and monitor your videos. Is this too hateful? Did you see that video? This is Nazi propaganda. Oh, is this, a, is this an alt-right individual? After all, they do oppose F1 student visas. They must hail from the alt-right. And you know here at YouTube and in Silicon Valley, our motto is F1s and F America. Oh, this person, they don't like little Indians and Chicoms taking their jobs? Well, that's racism if I've ever seen it. And here in the, in the Valley of Silicon, we pride ourselves on the money we save in taxes by employing imports from the third world. And you want to sit here and tell us that we must hire Americans? We must hire people from our own country? <laughs> Give me a break. That's the most ridiculous notion if I've ever heard one. Now, Miss Susan Wojcicki... You know, she's the mother of five kids, and so she, of course, is the model woman. She's got it all. She was born to an American mother of Russian-Jewish descent, and her Polish dad taught physics at Stanford University. So, you know, despite this narrative that uh, she's, she's pulled herself up by her bootstraps and made it herself, no, she, of course, is of elitist turn-your-nose-down-at-the-commoner's stock. My father is a physicist at Stanford, and E equals MC squared. Didn't you know that, pleb? She's a raging liberal, like all of them are. She, like almost every other Silicon Valley titan, who, you know, they try to pretend like they're working for you, well, she endorsed Hillary Clinton. Go figure. She's written op-eds for the Wall Street Journal about how, how rough women have it in the workplace. She says, having experienced how valuable paid maternity leave is to me, my family, and my career, I never thought of it as a privilege. But the sad truth is that paid maternity leave is rare in America, and the U.S. lags behind the rest of the world in providing for the needs of pregnant women and new mothers. Oh, isn't that just precious? She sounds like your typical bothersome feminist who the only reason they can have it all is because they get to take a year off of work to have their kids and then they complain about men who get paid more than they do even though if you're Susan Wojcicki, you're still raking in the hundreds of millions. But she's a victim, right? And Susan Wojcicki, oh, she loves her refugees. The more foreigners, the better. They've proven that by their hiring practices. She, of course simply means because she doesn't have to pay them as much as she would Americans, and she gets a tax break if she employs more foreigners, and so she's happy about that. She's happy to do that, and in her mind, let's just screw the country so that people like Wojcicki can make an extra buck. No, let's let in more foreigners and let them take our jobs. We need to be more like London. We need to be more like a place where people are getting sliced in half by machetes all the time, and that's just considered another day in the neighborhood. Where they just had a couple of people die in a terrorist attack over the weekend on the bridge, but that's neither here nor there. They enrich our country. That's, that, that's just part and parcel of living in a big city. To quote Mayor Sadiq Khan, ain't that right, mate? But nevertheless, Silicon Valley titans, like Miss Wojcicki, think we need to be more like Londonistan by bringing in boatloads of more refugees who hate our country and hate what we stand for. 
Nevertheless, she writes, quote, despite what some have argued, these refugees are not terrorists seeking to inflict harm. In many cases, they are families escaping terrorism. Yeah, until they are escaping terrorism so that they can bring it to us and then deny that it's a problem for us Americans. They recognize that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. Oh, you poor, poor victim. You poor victim Muslim terrorists, of course, are just the victims. They're victims, folks, just like the women who want to take off half the year so they can complain about how they're not paid equally in wages. In other words, they're not victims, but millionaire victim Susan Wojcicki still loves to talk about how discriminated against women are in the workplace. Gender discrimination. She says it still hurts. Oh, you, you poor, poor multi-hundred millionaire. So sorry you've been discriminated against. Must be rough. Must be rough to be discriminated against for things you can't help. Uh, and you would think that such discrimination well, would maybe encourage you to not censor against people with different beliefs. Maybe it would encourage you not to censor against conservatives who maybe, I don't know, don't share your radical views on immigration. Like 50%, if not more, of the country who maybe don't share your views on paid leave, who maybe didn't support Hillary Clinton for president. Does that mean that they shouldn't have the right to upload videos to your platform? Someone who has been so oppressed by discrimination that you make so much money a year, you would think you understand the plight of people who are being discriminated against, and yet now that you wield the power, you have no problem oppressing other people. Because we all know you and your cohorts in Silicon Valley love nothing more than to censor and to silence those with whom you disagree. So what do the people have at their disposal? Well, at least we have some people in Washington who are trying to do something. We've got Senator Josh Howley. At least this guy's working on legislation. And what his legislation would do is it would force companies like YouTube and Facebook to reveal their algorithm, which with it being a secret, we don't know if it actively discriminates against conservatives, we have an inkling. We need to say to them, here's the deal. Google, Facebook, Twitter, they've gotten these special deals from government. They've gotten a special giveaway from government. They're treated unlike anybody else. If they want to keep their special deal, here's the bargain. They have to quit discriminating against conservatives. You agree with that? No more. No more discrimination. It's that simple. That's all we're asking for. They ought to abide by the same principles of free speech and the First Amendment that this country embraces, that we love and call our own. And I don't think it's too much to ask for these huge tech platforms who've gotten rich off of our information, right? Off of our data, off of everything we've given them. They've gotten rich off of it. They've gotten rich off their special privileges from government. They want to keep those. They shouldn't discriminate. They shouldn't censor. They shouldn't shut us down. Yeah, crazy idea, right? Crazy nuts free speech. <laughs> what is this, America? So the legislation he introduced over the summer would remove the immunity that big technology companies receive under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. And companies will be able to earn immunity from the crackdown if they submit audits every two years to prove their algorithms and content removal practices are politically neutral. In other words, they would have to prove that their algorithms don't discriminate against conservative. Because we all know, yeah, these companies, they're oh, so politically neutral. 
you know, you just heard they've got 10,000 people sitting there monitoring videos. You're really going to tell me that all 10,000 of those people monitoring your videos are just have they're politically neutral. They don't have political views. 10,000 people, 10,000 individuals. So, you know, God bless Howley and what he's trying to do. But I got news for you. Exposing their algorithm isn't going to do jack to expose the perfidy that these social media companies engage in because you've got 10,000 social justice warriors sitting around watching your videos. Oh, and none of it is politically motivated. Yeah, my ass. None of it. 10,000 people, likely because we know their hiring practices come from China. China, an environment where they censor political dissidents. China, where they throw their political dissidents in jail. And then they come here and we're to believe that they understand being politically neutral. China, where they throw them in jail, probably kill some of them. Oh, no, but they totally understand the American value of, of free speech. They come from China. They come from India. India, where they literally they operate off of a caste system. India, where they eat with their hands. Oh, no, but don't worry. They're culturally appropriated, surely. Who culturally appropriated them? They're coming here at 18 years old, if not older, college age. They've been inculcated by these systems and by these cultures that are completely alien to American values and American ideas. And then we're to believe that 10,000 of these people sit there and they're just politically neutral and they don't tear down content they don't like. They don't flag content that offends them. We're not teaching them the values of free speech. You don't just learn that in a snap. So you've got the people from China. You've got the people from India. And then perhaps the worst of all, you've got the people from America. And they're the worst because they should know better. You've got American leftists who have bucked the American values that we hold dear. And they think that the Soviet model is what we need more than anything. And you want to tell me that these people are not bringing... You want to tell me all of these people are not bringing that censorious culture and that mentality to Silicon Valley and to America? I don't think so. And now we're finding out that the most powerful man in the world is being censored, that Silicon Valley and YouTube in particular is trying to censor Donald Trump's political campaign. President Trump has been advertising a lot on YouTube lately. Have you uh, taken down any of President Trump's ads at all? There are ads of President Trump that were not approved to run on Google or YouTube. Yeah, there are, there are, there are some ads. There are some. Yeah, try 300. Try over 300 of them. And as 60 Minutes Overtime points out, they don't say why they were taken down. They don't give an explanation. Here you can see the ones that have been taken down. Policy violation. Well, what was that policy violation? We don't know. They don't say just that they were, I don't know, maybe, maybe Susan Wojcicki found them offensive. Maybe Susan didn't like the fact that they, that they portrayed Trump in a positive light. Maybe she took them down because they weren't pro-Hillary, like she is. Maybe they took them down because they effectively presented conservative ideas and were persuasive. But we don't know because they don't say. And that's the problem. These companies operate with zero transparency, none. And they don't have to, we're told, because the libertarians, but I'm a free market. We're told they're a private company. And why should, a, why should a private company have to offer up their trade secrets? Well, if your trade secret is not letting certain people participate in the national dialogue because your discriminatory policies, I don't know. I think it's about time the American people knew about it. And we don't need to see their algorithm to know that these people censor against conservatives. It's patently obvious. 
you know, they say, well, it's on both sides. We, had, we, the, we make our content creators adhere to this on both sides. Well, if it weren't the case that they're censoring against conservatives, then big tech censorship wouldn't be just an issue you hear the right yapping about. It would be an issue that all sides could come together on. But interestingly, you don't see the left complaining about tech censorship because, alas, their ideas aren't being censored. In fact, they're being promoted by the very people who run these tech oligopolies. So I, I, think it's, I think it's lovely for those of you libertarians out there. Well, you know, the solution to this, the real solution to this is if you don't like what YouTube is doing, just build your own YouTube. Problem solved. Yeah, good, yeah. good luck with that. You know, they're always citing wealth and nations. Why don't you read what Adam Smith actually wrote? Why don't you read Theory of Moral Sentiments? and wealth of nations. One can't go without the other. And, you're, and let me tell you, news for you, your kind of free market fundamentalism, which lets globalist shills like Susan Rajisky run rampant all over your rights, does nothing to promote actual liberty. Liberty, liberty, liberty. I thought that the whole point of your religion was economic liberty. Isn't that what you guys are about? Well, why don't you try putting down your free market pom-poms and read what Adam Smith actually wrote about the false idol you so worship. And you'll actually see he was against networks of monopolies like we have in Silicon Valley controlling markets. That's what we have in big tech, that industry, and their propagators like Susan Wojcicki must be destroyed. Business-wise, of course. So the latest high-profile stabbing we alluded to in the previous segment in London, and yes, I, I, now we're at the point where we have to say high-profile stabbing because it's just another day in the neighborhood. In the UK, a machete attack happens every 90 minutes. Just now, it's par for the course. Another day in Great Britain. So the latest high-profile stabbing should be a warning to us from the ghost of the progressive future about what we here in America will look like if we do not defeat the socialist progressives trying to ruin the country. I mean, do you want a machete attack every 90 minutes? If not, then I don't know, maybe we cut down on bringing in the refugees that have the machetes. Seems like common sense to me, but what the hell do I know? I'm just a stupid idiot in a suit. So let's, let's set the scene here. Beautiful day in Londonistan. Right. And then all of a sudden we're on London Bridge and this perpetrator, a dude named Unman Khan, wore, you know, they're calling it a suicide hoax vest or a hoax suicide vest, whatever that means. Obviously, at the time, it doesn't matter. A suicide vest with bombs all over it is going to spread panic and it might as well be a real one to spread the panic that he hopes for. And so he, he taped knives to his hand, goes on a, on a rampage, ended up killing two people with the knives taped to his hand and injuring three more before being subdued by members of the general public. I don't know. Isn't it weird to call these people crazy? I mean, what kind of crazy person would do something like this? You're telling me it's crazy to put on a pretend suicide vest and tape knives to your hand and go kill people? No, it's just part of cultural appropriation. It's just part of a different culture. Get used to it. So subdued by the general public, one of the members of the general public, I'm not joking, quote, fended off the knifeman with a narwhal tusk. You guys know what a narwhal is? It's this whale that has a giant tusk coming out of its head. And for whatever reason, this dude is on the bridge, Polish dude, fended off the terrorist with one of these tusks about a minute of one-on-one -on -one straight combat, allowing others time to escape danger. I mean, hello, badass department. So 
This guy's off fending this guy off with a narwhal tusk. And then the police arrived and killed the attacker. Womp womp. By the way, should mention that one of the people who helped subdue the attacker, just to show you how in great shape London is, was also a convicted murderer who was in town for a rehabilitation conference. And so that's why you had all these people on the bridge. They were, they were being let out of a rehabilitation conference that led out onto the London Bridge. And so there are a lot of people there and a lot of uh, ex-cons, shall we say. So lovely. So we've got the attacker. The attacker was a known and convicted terrorist who was released early from prison. Oh, this is starting to sound awfully familiar. I mean, because we've decided to start letting out prisoners early here in our country, because what we need is more of what happened on London Bridge over the weekend. You know, all they need is a second chance. You know, all they need is just another try, another try that lets them out of the cage and lets them commit acts of terror on the bridge on your lovely afternoon commute home from work. So this dude's home, just to give you a picture of what a saint this guy was. That's why we need to give more people a second chance. Turns out they raided this guy's home by a counterterrorism counterterrorism force raided the guy's home 2008. In 2010, he was arrested and then later he pled guilty to terrorism offenses, including plans to bomb the London Stock Exchange. So might I ask, what is this guy doing out in the streets? Hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, no, this guy's not such a good guy. But in London, you see, you got to be nice to the criminals so that after serving only half of his jail sentence, he was automatically released, which allowed him to join this wonderful rehabilitation conference. So letting criminals out of jail early, let London be a lesson. This should be the one lesson that you need in order to realize that there are some people who just have to be in jail, who just have to be locked up. Because when they're not in jail, what are they doing? They're trying to kill innocent people out on the streets. And believe it or not, the London Bridge attacker, oh, this guy was heralded as a success story of the rehabilitation initiative that he went on to attack. So, you know, this whole trend we're going through right now, very fashionable on the right with the First Step Act where we say, oh, hello, violent criminal. We want to let you back out on the streets so that you can vote for us, Democrats, when we eventually restore felons' voting rights. Please try not to kill anybody. That's a sick joke. And it was a mistake for Donald Trump to pass the First Step Act. Do Donald Trump didn't want to pass jailbreak. Well, I mean, Trump ran on. And it, he, he made it part of his platform is I'm getting tough on crime. I'm getting tough on drug dealers, not letting them out. And then, uh, you know, I guess a, a few little birdies got in his ear like, oh, no, but this will this will help you with the blacks. Really? How's that working out? You I mean, you listen to Donald Trump, his rhetoric himself, the stuff that he himself comes up with, you know, not the not the stuff that his handlers write and going soft on drug dealers responsible for thousands of death is not in his vernacular. No, that's coming from somebody else. That's coming from the people he surrounds himself with who have no business being in his administration. Because you want to know something? That kind of crap is not conservative. That kind of crap is right out of the progressive playbook. Conservatives stood and should still stand for, although I don't know if we can use present tense anymore, for personal responsibility. I mean, what happened to that? Is it me or is conservatism becoming indistinguishable from liberalism right before our very eyes. 
I mean, look, I, I can be libertarian. You want me to play libertarian? Fine. Uh, if you want to get yourself hooked on crack and selling drugs to pay for it, fine. You do you. That's your prerogative. But guess what? Along with maximum rights comes maximum responsibility. And if you do that and you're responsible for harming other people, guess what? You're going to have to pay the price for your actions. And that means going to jail, getting locked up, heading to the slammer when you get busted for killing somebody. Or in cocaine grandma's case, you know, the, the estimable Marie Johnson potentially being responsible for many, many people's deaths. You know, I, all, all these good wishes, all these warm hearts, oh, they deserve a second chance. Oh, they deserve a third chance. Oh, they deserve a fourth, fifth, and sixth chance. Yeah, sure, maybe they'll kill people. But my heart weeps for these criminals who have done at no fault of their own, ended up in prison. Guess what? The amount of people who are in prison for victimless crimes, for smoking a joint on their stoop, is so infinitesimal. They get let out immediately. They're not in there for long. And they're certainly not in the federal system. So I'm sorry, but your warm hearts, they're not enough to turn these hardened killers into the choir boys that you want them to be. And that's what our justice system is for. And in fact, that is what jail is for. It is to keep these violent, dangerous people away from the public and to keep you safe and to keep these people off the street so that they don't hurt you or your family. And we're already starting to see the ill effects of this disastrous notion that you just let them out. One of the first prisoners released under Donald Trump's Criminal Reform Act was charged with murder. And also, we had a Chicago student Guess what happened to her? Well, she was murdered because she ignored a stranger's cat calls. And who was this stranger? Well, this stranger happened to be a murderer who was released on parole from prison last year. He served two years of his six-year sentence for armed robbery. So they commuted a sentence, he got let out early, and then he sexually assaulted and killed this girl. Fantastic, right? Best and the brightest, they get let out of jail and they become lawyers and they become doctors and they save our country just like the immigrants do. You know, all these people, oh, they're black and Latino. And all of the people, if not most of them, getting let out are disproportionately being helped because of their race. The black community is being helped by the First Step Act. Black and Latino, you know, Republicans, you know we need the black and Latino vote. Because remember, after 2012, remember after the 2012 election where Mitt Romney choked, well, we were told it wasn't because we went after the Hispanics enough. We're told that if we want the Hispanic vote, we have to speak in Espanol. We have to incorporate Latino themes into everything. I don't know. Rather than hispandering, rather than pandering to certain races that are never going to vote for you anyway, why don't you try standing up for the American things you actually believe in and try not appealing to just Hispanic and black criminals who go out and rape and sexually assault and kill people? Just a thought. I mean, call me crazy, but the criminals, I don't think it's their votes we want. The Democrats can have them. The Democrats can have the illegals. The Democrats can have the ex-cons because if we try to go after them by appealing to people who believe in liberal ideas by espousing those exact same ideas, then how exactly are we different from them? We're going to sacrifice who we are. We're going to sacrifice what we believe in because we want their votes. We do that and conservatism dies. 
So in, in, in these situations, these cases are going to continue to stack up here in America like they do in the UK, and they're going to continue to stack up if we don't get wise. These programs will become all about uh, meeting quotas and satisfying statistics by automatically releasing these people who have no business being out of prison, just like the London attacker. This guy should actually just be in jail indefinitely. There's a lot of people who should because they have no desire in their own heart to change. This prison reform agenda Dirty little secret, it's never been about improving society. It's never been about helping the black community. No, the only reason it's been pushed on us is because it's a political bully tactic. And the public and the conservative movement are the ones who will suffer if we don't wise up. A reminder to everyone, I'd really appreciate it if you'd please rate, review, and subscribe to the White House Brief Podcast. It will make sure the truth rises above all the other stuff out there. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for listening.